Good morning, church. Trust you're having a great Sunday morning at home. Do me a favor, if you haven't already done so, just underneath me on the screen there, if you're watching on Facebook, there'll be a share button. We'd love it if you would just share this message with the people on your timeline. Not because we think it's anything incredible, but because it'll introduce them to Jesus called the Prince of Peace. And what we know at this time, where fear is all around, people need to know a sense of peace. And we would love for you to do that today. You know, each Monday night, I'm uh, spending time with a few people in my Zoom study group, and we're looking at uh, a subject called Learning to Love the Psalms. You know, the Psalms seem to come up a lot more at this time because often it's where we go when we feel like we're in a little bit of a crisis or we need God to speak to us in a certain way. And Mark has been talking each week uh, or each day, uh, devotions on Psalms. We've talked to you the last few weeks from the book of Psalms as well. And today I want to talk to you just that little bit more from that book. And you know, there's loads of emotions floating around uh, all over our country at this time. And uh, people are scared, people are frightened. And uh, you know, the other night I couldn't sleep. And it wasn't because I was worried about anything. It wasn't because I was scared about anything. But you see, um, I like a bottle of nice Spanish Rioja, red wine. It's lovely. And I, I, I love to drink it. But the problem is because of the illness I've got, the CMT, CMT and wine does not go well together. So for a long time, I've not had it. But the other night we were at home and I thought I just would like uh, a drink to go with my, my tea. Uh, and then I went to bed, and then I went to sleep, and then after a few hours, ping, I was wide awake and couldn't sleep. Uh, and uh, I lay there for a while, still couldn't sleep, so I thought I might as well get up and go and switch the TV on and see, try and get myself to sleep like that. And so I went down, switched the news on, watching the news in the middle of the night, and uh, after about five to ten minutes of watching the news, I could feel anxiety creeping into me because every time at the moment you turn on the news, it's bad news, isn't it? The government doesn't know what they're doing. We should be doing this. We should be doing the next. And suddenly, somehow, all that anxiety was coming onto me. And God spoke to me in that moment. He said, Billy, if you're looking for certainty or you're looking for security, switch the TV off and get into uh, my book. Read the Psalms of David. Why? Because, you know, David asked all the hard questions there is to ask of God in the Psalms. He didn't hide his emotions. You know how sometimes we can be on best behavior when we pray? Well, David wasn't like that. He just let it all hang out. And, you know, that's one of the reasons as me being your pastor, that I often don't try to hide the struggles that I've got because, you know, every one of us has struggles. And, uh, but we know as Christians that although we have struggles, we have a Savior. And although we have concerns, we still have a comforter. And that's our assurance that we have got, knowing that Jesus is our Savior. And today in our series, Fear Not, we're going to be looking probably at the most famous psalm in all the psalms, in all 150 psalms. The most famous psalm must be, say it out loud, Psalm 20, 
3. You know, this psalm always makes me think about my dad uh, at, at home. Most of you will know that I was brought up in a little fishing village in the northeast of Scotland, and most of the men in the, in the village at that time were fishermen, uh, not with rods, but in big trawler boats. And uh, because a lot of the skippers of the boats at that time, they, went to, they were Christians and went to church, they would name their boats after uh, either verses or names from the Bible. And so one of the boats that a friend had, it was called the Grateful. Uh, and another boat was called the Present Help. That's from the Psalms as well. He's our present help in time of troubles. Another boat was called Faithful. And you know, my dad's first boat, and this is before I was born, but my dad's first boat was called Green Pastures. And Green Pastures, of course, comes from Psalm 23. And he got rid of that boat, and later he got another boat, and that boat was called Quiet Waters. And again, Psalm 23 has got still waters or quiet waters, depending on which uh, translation you're using. So, it always brings that back to me, and it always makes me laugh because it talks about still waters or quiet waters, and the boat was called Quiet Waters. And I remember as a little kid going out with them in the boat for the week, and the waters were never still. In the northeast of Scotland, the waters were never still, and they were all over the place. So I don't understand why he named his boat Quiet Waters. But uh, so when we're reading the, uh, this psalm, it's good to meditate on it and take a little bit of time to listen to what God wants to say out of us as we meditate and we take time just as we read it. So today we're going to read it again. Starts in verse 1, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, David was an incredible poet, and uh, he spent time crafting the songs that he gave us. And uh, this last few weeks in our small group, when we've been learning a little bit more about the Psalms, what we've learned is that the way that uh, the Hebrew constructed s songs are a little bit different than the way that we would communicate. We tend to make some points and build up to a conclusion. So the important stuff comes at the end. Um, whereas the songs that David put, usually the important phrase was in the middle. It was like a, a, a wheel. So you know where you've got the wheels go round, and in the middle you've got the fulcrum, the important part, and everything else goes back to that. And the middle part 
of this psalm in Psalm 23 comes in verse 4, where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. And and for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you around this whole, the Lord is with me. And if the Lord is with me in this, it means this. The other interesting thing I noticed that changes on that fourth verse is that David changes the way that he's speaking. If you go and look at it after the message, you'll find before verse 4, he's saying, he, he has done this, and he will do that. And then after verse 4, he says, you will do this, you will do that. And it's almost like at the start of the psalm, for the first few verses, he's talking to the people around about him. And then in the middle of the psalm, when he realizes that God is with him, it's almost like he turns his head towards God and starts to speak directly to God. He becomes you. And that's the incredible thing that we can do. We can speak to God ourselves. You don't need me or another pastor. We can do that, and we can know his time with us. So, the Lord is with me. First way he is with me, he's with me as a shepherd. Now, as I told you before, I come from a long line of fishermen, so I don't really know an awful lot about sheep or farming or anything like that. Pastor George seems to know an awful lot about farming, so maybe ask him. Uh, But David knew what he was talking about when he talked about the Lord being his shepherd, because David was a shepherd, and he compares himself to his sheep, weak creatures, defenseless a little bit daft, and he takes God to be his provider, his preserver, his director. He takes God to be everything to him. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord. The Lord talks about the incredible omnipotence of God. If you want somebody to be your shepherd, to be your provider, to be your protector, then you want God, who is omnipotent, to be that person, yes? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And you today, sitting in your living room or wherever you are watching this today, you can say as well, my shepherd. Not somebody else's, not Pastor Marks. He's my shepherd. And you can know him personally. And he cares for me. He protects me. He watches over me. You know, many years ago, just before Abby, uh, my daughter, got born, uh, it must have been many years ago because she's, she's 28 now, I think she is, but uh, just before she was born, I found out that I was losing my job, and that's a scary thing. And maybe some of you people who are, are church who are watching this today, maybe you've lost your job, or you're not sure your job is going to be there when it gets back. And that's where I was. And suddenly I was left with no job. And uh, my my daughter was going to be born. And how was I going to sort all that out? And I I went home. I I went to bed, got up the next morning, went to the job center because I had to sign on. And and then on my way back from there, uh, I got a phone call uh, from my old boss to say, hey, hey, Billy, we've got a short-term contract uh, in Luton. Would you be able to do that for me? And I'm going, yes, like even on the first day, God provided a job for me. And then that was coming to an end. And I applied for another job that was in the paper. And on the day I was leaving this short-term contract, this other job came through. So God was working for me and providing for me. He was my shepherd in the middle 
of that whole situation. And I know he can be a shepherd, a provider, a protector, a director for us today. The second thing is, the Lord is with me as my guide. The Lord is with me as my guide. My dad um, always had a keen interest in watching the weather forecast. Um, you, you know, in my house, if I'm watching the football or something and the kids are making a noise, I want them to be quiet because I'm trying to concentrate on the football. Well, it was a bit like that with my dad when he was watching the weather forecast. He always watched the weather forecast, whether it was on the TV or you were in the car. Um, the weather forecast, he wanted the, us to be quiet so he could listen to it. And uh, only, when, only later when I went with him out on his boat did I understand why. Because if you're 100 miles from land, you want to know there's a storm coming, yes? And if you're in a storm 100 miles from land, you want to know where to go because you want to get out of the storm. And you know, what I do know about God is this storm that we're in at the moment with coronavirus and the economic fallout that's happening, God knew that this storm was coming. And God knew, knows where we're going. And we can place our trust in Him, and He will be faithful to us. Why? Because God isn't governed by time. He's eternal. He was there before the beginning, and He's here, there forevermore. And He has a view that we don't see. We're in this thing at this moment in time. But He leads me beside still waters. And in the middle of chaos... He restores my soul. He's there as our guide. He's also there as our comforter. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, this psalm is often read um, at funerals. Um, uh, maybe because it mentions the shadow of death in it. But I'm not really 100% sure that David was actually talking about death at that time. I think he was talking more about something that looks as bad as death could be. That if, if it was as bad as death, death might be welcome. Um, and it's said that David didn't write this psalm when he was sitting on a hillside looking after some sheep. It's said that likely, likelihood was that David wrote this psalm after his son Absalom, who he loved so much, it was his favorite son, and he betrayed him and went behind his back and took away or tried to take away his kingdom, so much so that David had to flee. And he only had his mighty men, his army with him, but most of the rest of the people in Israel went with Absalom. And he's away from home. He's fleeing from his son Absalom. And they reckon that this was the point in time when he wrote this song, that God was his comforter at his darkest moments. In fact, even when he faced his enemies, God was with him. Even when he was going to face Absalom, God would be with him. He says in the very next verse, he says, you prepare a table for, before me in the presence of of my enemies. Now, if you wanted me to go into battle with an enemy, I would be asking you for guns, knives, 
whatever bombs i would be asking you for lots of things i wouldn't be asking for you to put out a table so i could sit and eat and and god for david was so real to him even in the midst of your enemies when they're attacking you i'm going to be with you and i'm going to prepare a table that you can take your time and relax and sit and eat he says you anoint my head with oil and david far away from the promise that he was given because he was chased away by Absalom, he's reminded again of the moment when Samuel came and prophet came and anointed him with oil to say that you're the future king when he was only just a little boy. And yet again, in this moment of crisis, the, the message comes again, I've chosen you. I've anointed you, not somebody else. You're my king, and God is never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. You never need to know a time. He says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Verse four, last one, Lord is with me forever and ever. We know God is with us forever and ever. Surely, it says, towards the end. Surely, in fact, it should be a big explanation mark there. Surely, indeed, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So, where you're at now, goodness and mercy is following you every day, not on some days, but every day of my life. I heard a story once of a pastor who had a, a lady in his church and she had a complex that people were following her all the time. And so very often at the end of the service, she would come and say, Pastor, these two people are following me again, and they're following me down the road to church. And he would go out and look, and he couldn't find them anywhere. Uh, and uh, some people said, well, she's just imagining it. And so the next week when she came to see him, uh, she says, these two people are following me again. He said, yes, I know, and I know their names. And he took her to this psalm, and he said, they're twins, and they're called goodness and mercy. And every day of your life, they're following you. I thought that was quite an interesting way to put it. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's with us now, and he's with us in the next life as well. Charles Spurgeon said this about this verse. He says, while I am here, I will be a child at home with my God. The whole world shall be his house to me. And when I ascend into the upper chamber, I shall not change my company, nor even change the house. I shall only go to dwell in the upper story of the house of the Lord forever. Hey guys, we've got an incredible promise from our God. He's promised to be with us through everything, to never forsake us and never walk away. I know, and I've known through my life, and I'm sure you could say as well, that God has been faithful to us. And you know, one of the songs uh, that I've really been listening to a lot over the last few weeks uh, is by a guy called Chris Bowater. Chris Bowater um, used to be in a church in Lincoln back in the 80s, and I used to go there every week, and it was just a marvelous church to go to, and I loved 
hearing him sing. And the other week on YouTube, I came across a song, him singing Faithful God. And I'd like to share with you that today. So let's listen to Chris um, sing now. Thank you.
Hey, I trust you enjoyed that um, song, Faithful God. You know, if you don't know God as your Savior, as your shepherd, as your guide, as your comforter, then the message for you today is that He wants to be that to you as well. And uh, we'd love it if you would let us know that you want God to be your Savior just by maybe saying something on the Facebook or pressing the button on the church online platform. But more important than that, I just want to pray for you today. And if you just follow me, that would be great. Lord, today we come to you with open hearts. And I invite you into my life. I want you to be my shepherd. I want you to be my guide. I want you to be my comforter. I want to know you on this earth. And I want to spend eternity with you. And I give my life over to you today. Amen. Hey, if you've prayed that prayer today, um, Sean is now going to come and he's going to give you some next steps that will help you on your journey with Jesus.